Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Now, unfortunately, the season is over for the Jazz. They fell to the Clippers on a set, or Friday night um, in really disappointing fashion, too. They had a 25-point lead at some point in the game and then proceeded to give up 81 points in the second half. Um, just really disappointing to see. Um, you know, it, it really felt like this was the year that the Jazz could really make a strong push. Um, and in a future episode, I'll get a little bit more into uh, this this actual season. We'll talk about the successes, uh, where they fell short. Um, we'll get into player reviews. Um, just looking at the whole season as a whole. But... What I want to talk about in today's episode is where the Jazz can go from here to push everything over the edge this next upcoming season. Um, now I got to tell you, uh, the the night after, or well, I guess the night that the Jazz lost, I woke up at like two thirty that morning, and my brain decided it was time to figure out all the issues with the Jazz. And I couldn't go back to sleep until I did. That's the way my brain works. It doesn't actually try to solve real issues that I have. I, <laughs> I have to sit there and for 45 minutes and go through all the different scenarios in my head and try to make things make sense before my brain would let me go back to sleep. But So I just wanted to get do an episode on kind of what my thoughts are for what the Jazz can do. Um to get themselves in better position for next season. Um, so first, first thing that the Jazz have to deal with is Mike Conley is going to be a free agent. George Niang is going to be a free agent. And then there's some other guys, uh, Juwan Morgan and Ursa Isova, who really aren't that big of parts of the rotation. If they wanted to bring them back, that would be okay. But um, Mike Conley is by far priority number one there. And then George Niang is also a priority to bring him back. Now, I would love to see the Jazz be able to get Mike Conley back for somewhere between 15 and 20 million per year, uh, but I'm expecting that it's going to be something like 25 per year, so like a two-year, 50 million dollar deal, something like that. Um, and I, I think with the group that the Jazz have, they kind of just have to sign Conley to that and really make a big push these last two years or in these next two years or for however long he he signs for to to push to a championship um now if the number is just that he's looking for is just absolutely ridiculous then you gotta try and figure something else out um now i thought I, I put some thought into the possibility of a sign-and-trade involving Mike Conley, but he just fits so well with what the Jazz do. Um, he has such a great connection with Rudy Gobert that it's hard to come up with a trade where you're picking up a player that can have the same impact that Conley was having um, and fit the group as well. Um, so I think... Resigning Mike Conley is probably probably priority number one for the entire offseason for the Jazz. 
The other guy is George Niang. Uh, now, George was the ninth guy in the rotation for most of the year. Um, a muscle injuries, of course. Um, so he was usually their 8 to 12 minutes a night guy. Very good three-point shooter. Um, has improved a ton over the course of his career on the defensive end. Uh, but he's not hes not a good defender, but he's, he, he's not going to kill you anymore being out there on the defensive end. Um, if the Jazz could sign him back for $4 million a year or less, then I would definitely bring him back. But if there's a team out there that is looking at George Niang and wanting to offer him you know, closer to $10 million per year, then, you know, again, I like George Niang. I know the Jazz really like him, but at that point, it'd be time to say goodbye and, you know, let him go to somewhere else because um, you can't be paying a guy that that plays, like I said, 8 to 12 minutes a game that much money, especially if they're able to add some more talent this offseason. Then George isn't even probably isn't even going to get those 8 to 12 minutes. He'll be one of the guys that are on the end of the bench that get in in, uh, you know, garbage time. Um, So he's not as much of a priority, but I know the Jazz would like to have him back and that he would like to be back with the Jazz as well. Um, So next would be the, uh, the draft. The Jazz are going to have the 30th pick in the draft, and then they don't have a second-round pick at this point. Um, if they could find a trade using that 30th pick to find a rotation player, I would do it. But they really don't have much as far as salary to add to that pick. Um, and this is, you know, the 30th pick is not that attractive to another team. So my bet is that they are going to use this 30th pick. They're going to find some young player. Um, now, if they could find a guy that's like a four-year senior or something like that, um, that can come in and be a contributor in his first season, then I would go, then you can do that. But I would probably go for more of an 18, 19-year-old uh, guy that just needs time, uh, time to develop within the, the, uh, the system. You know, could spend the entire season in the G League. Um, so that's probably the route I'd go there. Because um, I, I, currently I just don't see the pathway to making a trade with the 30th pick to get something of value for this team. Um, so then the thing that I want to talk about before we get into free agency is the possibility of making a trade that doesn't involve the first round pick. Now, if you were to put Yudoka Azubuki, who was their first round pick last year, and Matt Thomas, who they picked up at the trade deadline together, you could trade for a player that makes $5.1 million or less. Um, now, you'd probably have to add at least one second round, if not two second round picks, to get some of, somebody of real value. But there's um, three players that I want to talk about that are in that price range that I think would fit perfectly and could actually be a big part of the Jazz's rotation. So first off would be Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley has a team option with the 
the Houston Rockets, so they could decide to just decline that, and he becomes a free agent. Um, but Avery Bradley can play the one or the two. Um, is a great, great perimeter defender. Has an okay three-point shot, enough to where if he gets an op- a wide-open shot, he's going to hit it most of the time. Um, but he would give them that guy that when, um, you know, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are on the bench, they can they can guard the other team's point guard and probably at a better, uh, you know, and he can guard them better than Mike or Donovan can cover them. Add some toughness to the team. Um, you know, and he's made some deep playoff runs in his career, so he brings the experience doing that. Um, so he would be probably the third option of the, of the three guys I'm going to talk about here. Next would be Justin Holiday from the Indiana Pacers. Justin is six foot six, about 190 pounds, so he's he's a thin guy, but he doesn't play that way. He plays very tough. Um, he's not going to get pushed around by the bigger guys. Um, he can guard basically the the shooting guard, small forward, and power forward positions. Um, can knock down wide open threes. He's not going to be creating his own offense, um, but he doesn't really need to with the Jazz. Now, to get up to his salary number, which I think will be 5.7, you'd have to add somebody like Elijah Hughes or Mia Oni um, or, you know, a sign-and-trade type deal with Ersan Ilyasova or Jawan Morgan. But it wouldn't be too hard to get up to the salary number um, to to get him. But he could be a great fit as a guy off the bench that when Royce O'Neal comes off the floor, uh, Justin Holiday can take over guarding the other team's best player. The final option, which I think is the best option, is Dorian Finney-Smith from the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I don't know if the the Mavericks are willing to part with, with, uh, with Smith, um, but I would at least try it. Um, so again, Yudoka Azubuki, Matt Thomas, and two second-round picks. Dorian Finney-Smith is going to make $4 million next year and $4 million the next year after that. He is six foot seven, about 210 pounds, can play the small forward or the power forward position, plays a lot bigger and tougher than, than his weight, um, can guard basically one through five, um, might be a little too small to guard most centers, but is extremely versatile on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, plays that same Royce O'Neal role where he's going to help keep the ball moving, find open shooters, and can knock down wide open shots, but he's not going to create his own offense. The The option that I like best with Finney Smith is he's three inches taller than Royce O'Neal and plays basically the exact same game. So you could either move Royce O'Neal to the bench and really strengthen the defensive unit with him back there or keep Royce in the starters and play Dorian off the bench and again the all of a sudden the bench unit is much better defensively um, and I think uh, personality wise he's a great fit with the Jazz he's on a contract that they can manage that has team control for the next two years um, so that is the number one option for me with the Jazz 
right after re-signing Mike Conley, I think that would, if Dorian Faye-Smith is a, is a uh, target for them, he would be priority number two for me with them. And then priority number three is free agency. Um, now, the Jazz this season, their biggest struggle was perimeter defense the whole year, and we saw it come to fruition in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. That's where they really struggled. Um, now you had Dorian Finney-Smith, you had Avery Bradley, you had Justin Holiday, you had one of those guys. You start fixing that problem. Now, with the Jazz, they like the three-point shot so much, and they like the ability to move the ball, that you're not just going to bring in a guy that's a great defender and can't really do anything else. So you're not going to bring in Andre Roberson or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Michael K. Gilchrist. You're going to have to find a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith or Justin Holiday that can also knock down the open three. Now, if you bring in Avery Bradley with the trade, um, you're going to be looking for a wing in free agency. If you bring in one of the other two guys, or, you know, those aren't the only three guys that could go out and get. Those are just the three guys that I see that could be very helpful for the team. Um, then you're going to be looking for a backup guard. As far as the backup guard uh, free agency looks, I have three guys that I'm really looking at there. Now, first off would be Bruce Brown. Now, Bruce Brown, I think, is going to command a contract bigger than what the Jazz can offer here. Really, the Jazz can use their biannual exception, which is basically $3.5 million per year or like a two-year, seven, two-year, $8 million deal, somewhere in that range. Um, I think Bruce Brown's going to be able to get more than that, but I would at least be trying to get him. Uh, Bruce Brown is about 6'4", probably... He's listed at 200, but he's probably closer to 220. Extremely strong and physical defender. He struggles on the offensive end, though. Um, really hasn't been able to hit the three. But he's a guy at 6'4 that can really guard basically every player on the floor. Um, so he'd be an option there. Uh, next would be TJ McConnell. He's been playing with the Pacers for the last couple years. He's a guy that... When he comes in to run your offense, you kind of have to let him run it. You can't run as much of a free-flowing offense. But by letting him do that, he's going to come up with like seven assists a game off of 20 minutes for playing in the game. He's extremely tough and physical. Uh, probably one of the best guys at getting steals in the entire NBA. Um, averaged two assists a game this last year playing... I think he was at 24 minutes per game, so that's huge. Um, he's a guy that takes advantage of when players aren't really paying attention. He'll steal a lot of inbounds. Um, if you're getting a little loose with your dribble, he'll, he'll come up and knock the ball away. Um, so he'd be a really good option there, and I think you could get him for the biannual exception. The final guy is Dante Exum. Now, Exum has been with the Jazz before. He's had a lot of injury problems in, in the past, but I just can't get over the potential that I know he has if he could just stay healthy. Now, that's a big thing, is can he stay healthy? He hasn't been able to do it throughout his entire career, but, you know, he, 
you know that he's putting in the work to make his body stronger, to to become less injury prone. It's just, again, it's a big risk. But if you're bringing him in to be, you know, the third point guard with, you know, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles able to come off the bench and run the, that time, you're basically asking for Exum or McConnell or whoever you bring in to maybe be an 8 to 12 minute a night guy maybe just be an end of the bench guy that gets in in garbage time or covers for injuries um, but you know Exum is 6'6 he's about 215 at this point an excellent excellent perimeter defender um, he can knock down wide open threes he's not going to really create his own shot there the one area that he really struggles at though is finishing at the rim he has so much quickness to get by his defender, but once the the other team's big gets gets to gets to the rim to the, to contest him, he has a really hard time finishing there. Um, but again, as a as a very low minutes guy, I think he'd be a great option for the Jazz to bring back and uh, you know move forward from there. So bringing in one of those guys, making one of those trades that I talked about. You're instantly tougher. You're better on the defensive end. You have more depth to, to deal with any injuries that happen. Now, I would look at the at the center position as also another area to possibly fill, especially if you trade Yudoka Azubuki. Now you're down to just Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. Now, I wouldn't be looking for a guy to replace Derek Favors as the backup center, but I would be looking for a guy that is talented that if something happened to Derek or Rudy is good enough to not have a huge downfall if one of those two guys go down. Now, fortunately for the Jazz, the center position is pretty overloaded with the amount of guys they have and uh, that are out there, and there's less of a demand for them, so you can get them for cheaper than you could other positions. Now, a guy like Nerlens Noel would be the absolute perfect option here, but he's going to be getting a lot more than the minimum contract that the Jazz could be offering here. Um, so then we're looking at guys like Taj Gibson, Gorgie Zhang, uh, John Henson. Uh, I know Hashim Thabit is trying to get back into the NBA. Boban Marjanovic. Willie Cauley-Stein, Marquise Chris, Noah Vonley, Amari Spellman, Dwayne Dedman, um, Norvell Pell, Dwight Howard, um, Bismack Biombo, Jan Mahimi. Um, so basically what I'm saying, though, is there's definitely the center talent out there. Um, to fill that third center position with a veteran that spent time in the league, that knows how the NBA works, that if, oh, and Ed Davis, the Jazz could always bring him back too if they wanted. Um, there's, there's options out there to fill that third center position for a minimum contract to where if something happens to Rudy Gobert or Derek Favors, it's not a great position that they'll be in, but they at least won't have this huge fall off um, by bringing in one of those guys. <clears throat> so finally, that 30th pick, 
who do I think that the Jazz should take with that pick? Now, there are some older guys, you know, four-year seniors or even five-year seniors that are out there that you could look at um, that are options. Um, Chris Duarte, who is from University of Oregon. Um, Now, he spent some time in uh, junior college and then went to University of Oregon. So he's an older guy, but he's a guy that can play the one, the two, or the three. He's 6'6". He's a good floor leader. Um, He could be an option there. Um, Jared Butler, I don't know if he'll be available all the way at 30, but he just led Baylor to a national championship. He could be an option there. Um, But I would be looking more at the 18, 19-year-old that can spend time with the Salt Lake City Stars, spend time in your development program, and in two to three years, maybe they can come in and be a contributor for the team. Um, The first guy that I really like is Isaiah Todd. Isaiah um, played for the G League Ignite this last year. Um, Instead of playing in college, he'll be 19 years old. He's a 6'10 power forward. Um, now he's a little on the skinny side, so he's going to have to really bulk up. Um, and he's going to really need to spend a lot of time in development because he's, he's just one of these guys that was just so big and athletic that he dominated high school ball. Um, but as you get up to playing against NBA talent, he's going to have to learn how to play a role. He's not going to be a superstar player, but wouldn't be a bad option here at 30. Um, Next would be Greg Brown from Texas. Greg is an insane freak athlete, uh, but also a guy that just needs a lot of time to develop. Um, De'Ron Sharp from North Carolina could also be an option here. He's 6'11". He's more of a center, but I think could play a little bit of power forward. But again, it's going to need developmental time. Um... And then finally, the one that I really like is uh, Chris Smith from UCLA. He's a six foot eight, small forward, power forward, uh, very athletic. Um, just again, is going to need time. But that's what I'd be looking for at number thirty for the Jazz. Just somebody that you can bring in um, and can just develop with the group and you're not really expecting much of them for the first couple years of their career um before i end this one there is one other option that i i was thinking about as far as a trade and this would involve the 30th pick it would still be that you know yudoka azubuki matt thomas combination and the 30th pick and then maybe one of those seconds maybe both seconds uh but that'd be brandon clark um, from the Memphis Grizzlies. Clark is, I think he's going to be 25 this next year. He's six foot eight, plays the power forward position, can play a little bit of backup center, but he's very skinny. He's put on some good muscle in his two years in the league, but he's still a very, very slight guy. But, you know, can bounce out of the gym, has good instincts on the defensive end, uh, but kind of fell out of the rotation with the Grizzlies once they got into the playoffs. Um, so he could be an option there. Um, 
but that's more of a long shot type one. Again, the, the guys that I really am looking at is Dorian Finney-Smith, Justin Holiday, and Avery Bradley. Um, yeah, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Um, again, it really sucks that this is the end of the Jazz season. It really felt like this was going to be a special one for them. But hopefully this lights a fire under the guys that are returning, um, gets them to work on their weaknesses, and come back an even better team. But thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day, and go Jazz!